St. John's Nation, thank you for once again tuning in to St. John's Missionaries Baptist Church Podcast to listen to Pastor Michael H. L. Robinson Sr. bring you the word that God has given him. This podcast is titled, A Message of Hope. And as you listen to this podcast, I just don't want you to listen with your ears, but with an open heart. I hope you enjoy this podcast, and like always, be blessed.
For Lord God, realize you are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And God, as we come this morning into this sanctuary, we ask you, Lord, that you would meet us here, Father God. Bless our hearts, O Lord God. Bless our ears, our mind, to hear and receive your word, Father God. Even now, Lord, we pray that you, Lord God, would just show up today. Speak to us, O Lord God, for Lord, we need to hear a word from you. And Lord God, we realize that if you don't speak to us, Lord God, we know not what to do. For we're counting on you, God, to order our steps. So speak to us this morning, O Lord God. We ask now, Lord God, for you to have thine way and cover this your servant, O Lord God, that I can preach and proclaim a word that is well-pleasing to you and edifying to this body, that someone may be saved, someone may be delivered, O Lord God. They may see hope in a hopeless situation, God. We tell you thank you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And these words you'll find. Then said I unto them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lie in waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem that will be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. Also, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Let us pray. Father God, we tell you, thank you for your word that we've read. We pray now that you would speak to us, O Lord God, open up heaven and speak your word to us today, Father God. For Lord God, we need to hear a word of an encouragement, a word of hope coming from you. God, we've heard from everybody else. Now, Lord God, we need to hear from you, God. We say, speak, Lord, for your servant listen. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> amen, 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 amen. God bless you um, and God keep you. This morning we find ourselves um, with the thought, a message of hope. A message of hope. And I believe Nehemiah is a great example of someone who's giving a message of hope to the people. Oftentimes when we hear or we think about um, having or needing um, a word of hope or a message of hope, we're actually looking and we're expecting a, a letter. We're expecting a phone call. Um, but here we see where uh, Nehemiah, he heard, he inquired about the state of those who had been in captivity. And when he received the report, he realized, amen, that things were not as good as they could be. Amen. Nehemiah realized that um, he himself was a cupbearer to the king, and he had every single thing he needed. He was in a position of comfort. But if you belong to the Lord, amen, if you know the Lord Jesus and the pardon of your sins, amen, you cannot sit still uh, when your brothers and your sisters are in trouble and you're going to inquire about them and you're not going to find yourself being discouraged when they are in trouble and you're doing good. You're going to find a way to give them a message of hope, amen. And today, I encourage each and every one of us to do the same thing instead of Tune it out when someone tell you how bad things are, amen. You need to tune into what they're saying and then turn your mouth over to God, amen, and bend your knees and pray. So he was in a pretty good position, but he found out that his brothers and his sisters were not doing so well. Um, so with that, amen, rather than just wanting to 
sit back like many of us, amen, it's good to pray, amen, the Bible tells us, amen, that man should always pray, amen, but when you couple prayer with the actions, amen, um, being led by the Lord, amen, that's when you have good success, amen, that's when everything come to pass and God um, would be glorified and the body of believers would be edified, amen, I mean, they will be lifted up, amen. Um, so here, amen, he asked a question, and then he continued about his work, amen, he prayed, amen, he fasted, amen, as we should do, rather than just weeping and mourning and crying, amen, um, he sat back here, amen, he sat down, amen, he wept and he cried, and then he cried out to God, amen, um, rather than just saying things are bad and saying, okay, there's no hope for us, amen, we well, always have to know, amen, that there's always a message of hope coming from heaven, amen. And God doesn't always open up the windows, amen, and just pour you out a word from there. Every now and then, amen, he'll take one of his children, amen, one of his men or women of God, amen, and send a word to you, amen. But those who are delivering the word, amen, oftentimes, amen, it's not good enough for you just to deliver a word, amen. There they work for you to do, amen, in order to give that message of hope. Here's what we, what we see this morning, amen, as he continued his job, amen, as Nehemiah continued to do his due diligence, amen, to do what he was required to do, amen, before the king, amen, having a right conscience, amen, he went before the king, and the king knew his workers, amen. The Bible tells us, amen, that we need to know those whom we labor among. You need to know those folk who are hanging around you, amen, be it your family, be it your friend, amen, be it a stranger, you need to know who is around you. That's why many of us find ourselves in trouble because we're putting our hopes and trust in someone who don't know the Lord, amen, someone who does not have our best interest in mind because we really don't know who they are, amen. Many of us, amen, we're quick to trust folk, amen, even when God is stirring something up on the inside, saying things are not right, we're quick to trust them, amen, and by the same token, amen, we're quick to distrust those, amen, who God has sent our way, because, you know, we just think, amen, they know too much, they're trying to do too much, amen, Nehemiah, he knew he had a relationship with God, amen, but above that, amen, he knew, amen, they had a word for the people, amen, so he went back to the king, amen, after crying, after praying, after calling out to God, amen, and he tried to act like everything was good, amen, but the king knew Nehemiah, and he said, Nehemiah, amen, as I paraphrase, what's wrong with you, amen, something wrong with your content, amen, something wrong with your soul, and then he laid out for the king what the problem was, and now, see, when you have a good rapport with God, amen, we're going to in just a minute, amen, when you have a good rapport with God, amen, you know when to open your mouth, Ain't no one to keep your mouth shut, amen. You know when to say something to the king and when just to continue to pray, amen, to God. So Nehemiah, amen, told him what his problem was, amen. And it wasn't Nehemiah's problem per se, but because one believer has a problem, guess what? We all have a problem, amen. The Bible tells, amen, we need to rejoice with those that do rejoice, amen. But then those who weep and cry, we need to weep and cry with them, amen, and lift them up, amen. Don't ever think you're in this thing by yourself, amen. But one of the things that happened, amen, as Nehemiah spoke to the king, the king allowed Nehemiah to go back, amen, and help folk out. Amen. See, when you gain gain some some insights and favor with Amen, the one you're working, Amen, because you're faithful, Amen, He will allow you to do some things that He would not otherwise allow you to do, Amen. But just bear with me, just for a minute. Now, here's something about Nehemiah's character, Amen, and his content as we get where we're going, Amen. Nehemiah, Amen, he knew to cry out to God. But something else about Nehemiah, amen, which kind of, I, I think every now and then it'll poke some of us in the eye. Nehemiah realized, amen, that he was not the only one that knew how to pray. Nehemiah, amen, knew that he was not the only one that had a relationship with God. Every now and then, amen, y'all holy, holier than our folk, listen to what I'm saying, amen. You get to the place, amen, where you think, amen, you have all of the access with God. 
Amen. If you don't bend your knees, amen, God ain't going to open up the window of heaven and shower down a blessing. Amen. And then at the same time, you'll look down on your brothers and your sisters and you say, you know what? You don't need to pray. You got too much going on in your life. You got too much drama. Amen. You got too much mess. You got too much mayhem. Amen. Every now and then, amen, folk realize, amen, they're work in progress. But when you think, amen, you've arrived and you're still down here with other little old sinners, amen, trying to make it to heaven, you better wake up and smell a coffee and realize you haven't got where you are. But Nehemiah realized, amen, that he was not the only one who had a relationship with God. Why did he say that, brother preacher? Notice what Nehemiah says, amen. Nehemiah, as he prayed, amen, he not only asked God to hear his prayers, he asked God to hear the prayers of those other servants. Here's what he says in verse 11. He says, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant. In other words, Lord, Lord, hear me when I cry out to you. But then he goes on a little further, amen, and he says, and to the prayers of thy servant who desire to fear thy name, amen. God, Nehemiah realized, amen, that God God had some folk, amen, who could still pray. But the thing that what happens with us every now and then, amen, because life beats us down so much, amen, you think your prayer ain't going no higher than the ceiling, amen. You desire to have that fear of God. You desire for God to hear what you're saying, amen. So now, amen, guess what? You need a word to let you know, amen, that your prayers matter too. Every now and then, amen, you have to realize, amen, it takes more than one to row the ship the right way, amen. It may be someone who can't row as fast as you, but they're rowing nevertheless, amen. So every little bit counts, amen. So the next time you get down to pray, amen, the next time you stand in church, amen, ask God to hear all of our prayers, amen. And when we all come together, it's going to be all right. But Nehemiah, amen, as he goes a little further, amen, he gets to the place where he goes, amen, and he sees about the people. And Nehemiah realized that, he and others were in distress. They were in distress. So here's, here's another problem we have, amen. Every now and then we think, amen, that we don't have any problems. We think, amen, because we put on a happy face, everything's all right. But God ain't looking at a happy face. God is looking down on our hearts, church. God knows when we're in distress of what we need to do when we come before God. We need to, just like Nehemiah, we need to cry out and let God know that we've sinned and come short of the glory. Let God know, amen, even our people have messed up. But then we remind God of what God said to us. Now, here's what happened with David, amen. David said over in 2 Samuel 22 and 7, he said, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, amen. See, David himself, amen, the king, he realized, amen, that he had some distress in his life. What is distress? That's an anxiety, amen. That, that's a thing that overwhelms you, amen. That thing that just makes you, amen, want to give up, make you want to quit, amen. You're sitting on top of the world, and you're ready to give up because you are in distress. But the biggest thing worse than being in distress is being in denial, to many folk, how's it going today, man? They leg getting cut off, amen. It's been burned up and whacked. How do, oh, I'm okay. And you're burning up. But here, amen, Nehemiah realized, amen, they were in distress and they needed the Lord. So the first thing I'm going to tell you, amen, with the distress, amen, recognize that you are in distress. Recognize, amen, that you're not where you need to be. Just like the king recognized that Nehemiah was not himself, amen. You got to recognize when things are wrecked in your life. I don't care how they look, amen. And once you recognize it, then you need to acknowledge the fact that you got some problems. Your bills might be paid. Everything may be paid off. 
Children may be doing well, amen. Job may be intact, amen. Your future may look bright, amen. But you still need to cry out to God because though you're doing good, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, amen, said we're in distress. Notice, amen, he said, Lord, hear the prayer of your servant and your servants. So he realized, amen, they can pray, but also he said, we are in distress. Notice Nehemiah was sitting in the king's house. He was a king cupbearer. He was doing a good job, amen. But Nehemiah said, yeah, but y'all have problems. Well, I got problems. We need to bear one another's burdens, church. If I'm hurting, you need to hurt. If you hurt, I certainly hurt, amen. If I got it, guess what? You got it. But the problem is you don't think, amen, you got a problem. Therefore, you don't let nobody know you need no help. I'm talking to somebody this morning. So stop, amen, trying to act like you, you got it all together. Recognize that you are in distress. Recognize that you need to acknowledge your problem in order for them to get better. Many folk, they come up with these little cliches, these fancy words, oh, that seed is gonna turn into a weed. It ain't going nowhere. Oh, that ain't going under my life, doc. I don't really have what you say I got. And because you're in denial, your distress turned into stress and it started taking you out of here. Recognize and acknowledge that you have some issues. Even if you say, brother, brother, preach, I got it all together. But what about your sister? What about your brother? Make it real good for those selfish ones. What about your mom and your daddy? But Nehemiah recognized that there was a problem, as did King David. And if those individuals can recognize they have problems, what about me? What about you? Amen. But with that, amen, Nehemiah went a little bit further, man. Nehemiah knew what his standing was with God. See, there's another problem, church. Many of us, amen, we're trying to figure out who we are, and we're leaving God out of the equation, man. We're trying to identify with the world instead of trying to identify with God, and therefore, amen, we don't know our standing with God. When you don't know your standing with God, you don't know how and when you can call out to the Lord. So Nehemiah knew, amen, that he Belong to God. Once again, in, in verse 11 of chapter 1, here's what he says. I mean, oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now that it be attentive to the prayer of thy servant. Lord, see, I belong to you, God. I'm not just somebody on the street, amen, calling out, God. I am your child, and I need you to show up, God. You said, God, because I belong to you, God, you would never leave me. You would never forsake me. Not even in my distress. Paul said, not even distress can separate you from the love of God. Therefore, if you belong to God and you know you're standing with God, you need to cry out to him. What daddy going to drive by his son or his daughter, amen, when they're on the street, amen, they're down and out, amen, and he know they got a problem? Not any good father. Not any good mother, man. God is waiting to hear from you. Did God know these children had a problem? Yes, God knew it. But God wanted to hear from them, amen. That's why God set things in order, amen. God allowed things to be, amen. He allowed these men to go to Nehemiah and allowed Nehemiah to ask them. Notice they cast their cares on Nehemiah. Nehemiah asked them what was going on, and then Nehemiah took them problems, and he cast his cares on the Lord, amen. Even though they didn't belong to him, amen, he made it personal. See, that's what any good business. When you have all of the folk who work there who take it as if they own the place. They're not acting in any kind of way, man. But if they see paper on the floor, they're going to pick it up. If they see some work need to be done, they're going to fix it. I was at a place of business the other day, um, one of the city halls. I ain't going to dime me out way across. I was sitting there, and I walked through it, man, and, and, and I, I told the lady, I said, ma'am, um, ma'am, your sign has fallen off the wall. She kept doing what she was doing. 
I said, man, the sign falling off the front. I said, huh, what? I said, the sign in the elevator is falling off the wall. Huh? Okay, I'll tell somebody. And she uttered uh, a name that wasn't even a name and went back to business. To remind you, when I go back over, I'm going to check to see if the sign's done. And if it ain't done, I'm going to let the mayor know, hey, it ain't done, Ms. Mayor. But what does that mean? When you have a good company, man, you find that people take ownership of the thing. When people in the church find out that people in the church got a problem, they try to help the people in the church. They're going to say, Brother Pastor, um, Brother Sorcery, man, he's down out. He needs you to come see about it. No, my brother, my sister, I don't care if you got a title. You don't have a title, amen. If you don't think you know how to pray, it is your responsibility to do what you can do. And when you've done all, you can now you reach out to somebody else. It's okay if you fix that problem, then you let them know, guess what? Pastor, brother, pastor, brother, deacon, I did this with so-and-so. Not to say what I'm doing, but just to let you know we need to keep an eye on them. When one has a problem, all has a problem, but you got to know you're standing with God in order to be able to take the problem to God. And Nehemiah knew he could take the problem with God, and he made it personal. He made it personal. Um, Nehemiah knew that the hand of God was upon him. Notice what he says, amen. Uh, when you go just a little further down in chapter 2, um, verse number 18, Nehemiah said, Then I told them of the hand of God, which was upon me. See, Nehemiah knew the relationship that he had with God. Question, church, do you know your relationship with God? See, most of it, man, if your mom's mad at you, you know she's mad at you. If you're on the house with your dad, you know you're on the house with your dad. If you're on the brother, you know you and your brother got a problem. But see, the problem is with God, amen, many of us don't realize, amen, when we're on the outside because we messed up. And we don't have enough evidence to say, God, I've sinned against thee and thee alone, God. I've sinned against heaven. God, I need you to forgive me and get back in right standing with God, amen. But Nehemiah knew his standing with God and church when you know you're standing with God here's something's gonna happen amen you'll gain favor with God that's one and that's a good one there and then you'll gain favor with man Whoop. but you've got to know who you belong to amen you got to know you're right standing with God take a break brother breathe, amen. how do you get right standing with God amen one you confess your sins to God amen you say God I've sinned that God I need you to forgive me and then you accept the, the Lord Jesus Christ your Lord and save him and then you walk in God's will and God's way amen and stand right standing with God you walk on that straight and that narrow path amen not looking to the left or to the right amen but looking straight ahead amen keep your eyes on the prize amen which is Christ Jesus and then you'll know because you're in good standing with God amen how do you know brother preach amen when you want to do right you do it, amen, and then evil shows up. When you want to do wrong, I'm not going to do it, amen, because I know I'm in right standing with God. I don't want to jeopardize my standing with God. Men and women, it's Valentine's Day, and many of y'all started the day off right in good standing. Y'all understand good standing? Men, take the women out to dinner, cooking them food, and women reciprocate, amen, do something good for you, man, amen, rub their feet or something. Do something for you, man. But you want to stay in good standing with God. By the same time, we had to stroke God right. When we go before God, amen, we got to act, amen, like we're not the children coming before a good father, amen. We got to go and say, God, help me, Lord. I still need you. Don't you walk and say, well, God, I'm going to tell you what's going on, but I got this problem. But when you're right standing with God, I mean, you will gain favor with God, and you'll also get God's grace, and you'll have favor with man. Notice what happens. When the king realized 
that Nehemiah was in distress, that Nehemiah had a problem, Nehemiah was able to ask the king, could he have some time off? There was not enough to cut back. He was able to ask if he could have some time off. And because of the favor that Nehemiah had gained with God and with the king, he said, well, how long do you need to be gone? See, some of y'all, y'all take off. They say, take as much time as you want. But this boss said, wait a minute. How long are you going to be gone? And guess what? His wife, the queen, said, how long are you going to be gone? But some folk, you look forward to that employee not being to work a couple of days. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. You get wow. Oh, it's been a good day, child. Why? Well, sister Swords on here. Amen, somebody. But you gained favor, and not only was he able to get the time off that he needed, everything that Nehemiah needed in order to help his brothers and his sisters, he was able to do it. He gained favor with God because of the right standing, and he gained favor with man. And as a result of that good favor, amen, he asked the king for all the materials, amen. He asked for the resources, he asked for horsemen, he asked for everything, and guess what? He got it. See, many of y'all, amen, you're so high-minded and you think so much of your own self, amen, you don't have favor with God when you think you do because, oh, brother, preacher, I made it through yesterday. Oh, look at my children. I was able to do for them and I did this, that, and the other. But you don't have any favor with God. And every time you ask somebody for something, you wonder why they say no. Wow. You got the same job that everybody else got, but you're so far behind. Even though you look like you're in the front, you're really in the back. That's no favor. Where's the grace? But when you gain favor with God, you will gain favor with man, but you got to be in right standing with God. Now, now notice something else that happens here, amen. Not only, amen, does Nehemiah gain favor with God, amen, by knowing, amen, that he belonged to God, amen, that he had good standing with God, but Nehemiah also realized that God is his hope. Notice what he says here, amen. He says, the, the hand of my God which was upon me also the king's word that has spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So he encouraged folk to build. But notice what happened, amen. When you realize that God is a God of your hope, one, you're able to take everything to God because you don't hope in yourself, but you hope in God. Take a look at what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah 17 to 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. When your hope is the Lord, when you know that God is your hope, that God is your everything, church, everything will be all right. But here's the problem. Too often, and listen good, too often our hope and our trust is misplaced. You ever misplace something, misplace your keys? misplacing money, misplacing the credit card. You wonder where it's there, but it's not where it should be. That's where it is with, with people when their hope is in something other than God. Go down the list, amen. Many folk have their hope in people. Many folk, as a lot of us, we have our hope in our children. We have our hope in our job. And here's a big sad thing, and I think it's a big setup, amen. Many of us have our hope in our government. Don't get me wrong. I believe in government. I believe in order. God is God of order. But we cannot have our hope there. Many folk are waiting, anxiously anticipating for the government to do something. One, about the virus. They're waiting on it. 
They mad with Trump because things ain't going the way they want to. Now they mad with Biden because things ain't going as fast as they want them to go. But ain't nobody crying out to God and say, God, I need you to show up and do something, God. I belong to you, God. God, I'm in right standing with you. And I'm doing good, God. But look at all my brothers and my sisters who are perishing. Look at those who don't know you who are dying. Your hope is in this place. And many folk, which are arrogant and high-minded, we place our hope in ourself. So a man think it, so a man is. You think you're this. You, you, you look like this, but you're really not because your hope is misplaced. We've got to have our hope squarely rooted in God. Notice, when we place our hope in God, amen, everything begins to work out for us. Romans 8 and 28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. That means you have all of your hope and your confidence absolutely, unequivocally in God and no one else. And then the word tells us, amen, that for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for what a man seeth. Why does he yet hope for Amen. We can't see God, but we know God is the God of our hope. I mean, he's our hope. He's our confidence. He's our all. Amen. So that's how we're saved only through God. But many folk are trying to save themselves, trying to keep themselves. We have our confidence, not in God, but church. We've got to have our confidence in God and the God of all hope. Go me to Philippians 1 and 6, and you'll find these words. He writes, being confident of this very thing, he which hath began a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. The message of hope, amen, when you realize, amen, that you're in distress, when you realize, amen, that you're in right standing with God and you realize that God is the God of all hope and you place your confidence in God, now you know that even the things that are going on now, even in Nehemiah's time, all the walls being torn down, amen, them being persecuted, amen, by the enemy, amen, all of those things got worked out for their good. Even now, look at us now, all of the things that we're fighting against. We got an enemy on every side, amen. We got a war waging all around. We got a spiritual war going on, and many folk got a mental war going on because they haven't turned themselves over to God, amen. And then you take the virus, the flesh, get all kind of stuff we're fighting against right now, and we're putting our confidence somewhere else. We've got to have our confidence in the God of hope, and then we know that he which has begun a good work in us will perform it, amen. You've got to know, amen, it's going to work out for your good, but God has started you on this journey. God has started you on your way, and he is not going to forsake you. And the work that God has started in you, I don't care how small your faith is, God has started a work in you, and God will not abandon you. That's the enemy telling you to give up. He's telling you to quit. He's telling you to throw in the towel. He's telling you to walk away. He's telling you to leave the church alone. But God's eye begin a good work in you. And I will perform it. I will complete the work. But you've got to know that you belong to God. That's why we're giving up, amen. Many of you, I got you on my mind right now, amen. Many of you are looking at other folk and you're not looking at God. And you say, I'm looking at God, preacher. I'm calling out to God. But you're not crying out to God. You're asking folks, you're talking to God. Here it is. God, what should I do? God, I really need you to order my steps. Would you please, God, keep me. Show me the right way, God. Give me a sign, God. 
God speaks to you. And you start walking along the way. God is giving you that message of hope, give you that glimmer of hope. And you start walking. Then you come into yourself and you say, let me ask my brother, biological, my sister, my wife. Let me ask my friend. Oh, he's been, let me ask them how to get through. And they tell you something that's different than what God has told you. And all of a sudden, what they said seemed to trump what God has said. And you start walking in the will and the way that they've laid out for you instead of walking in the will and the way of God. Why? Because your confidence is not in the God of hope. James says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, not some. You think you made a good decision, but you realize down the line, amen, it didn't work out right. Why? Because you're double-minded. You're trying to trust God, but yet you're definitely trusting the world. Confidence in the God of all hope. You got to know that God have given you the victory. Even though the war rages on, you've got to know that the victory has already been given. The battle has already been fought and Christ won it on a hill called Calvary long time ago. You got to know this. Amen. You've got to respond. Amen. In confidence. Amen. You got to rise up. As I said here, they rose up when they talked to them. What did they do? They got up. Guess what? They didn't know where the supplies was coming from. They knew him in the San Ballard was standing outside with all his men. Amen. Trying to stop them. But what did they do? They got up. They ain't lay down in their bed and die, man. Got up. They rose up and confident, man. God will perform that which he has begun in you, amen. You've got to stand up and rebuke the enemy for yourself. Amen. Notice, amen. Nehemiah said, amen, I can pray. I got a relationship with God. But God, I need you to hear them too. And God wants to hear from you. Stop saying, I can't pray. Stop, oh, God's going to hear your prayer. What about your prayers, church? God needs to hear from you. If God is only hearing from the preacher and the deacon and the mother and nobody else, what good is it? Do you really want it? If you want it, amen, you got to respond in the hope of God. You got to have your confidence only in God and open your mouth and cry out to God. Some of you, amen, your souls, amen, are yearning for that day when you just open up, amen, and let loose, amen, a hearty prayer to God and say, God, I'm in distress, God. I got some problems, God. I need you, God. You said you're going to take care of me, God. God is waiting for you. Your soul is waiting to cry out. See, some of you are scared, you're afraid of how you're going to respond. Well, I may be indignant. David, oh, once again, he's king. He said, that brother, man, he got so happy, man, he danced out of his clothes. Oh. And he was a man after God's own heart. I mean, like, tell me, God wants your praise. God needs to hear your prayers. A message of hope, church. You got to recognize that you have distress, that you are in distress. They tell me today the need for mental counseling is just so overwhelming because people are distressed. They're breaking down at every single turn. Some, they seem like they have it together. Knock a glass of water over and that's just enough to send them over the edge. You got to know you're standing with God in order for you to respond rightly. And you've got to know that God is our hope. 
Jesus said, you give honor to whom honor is due, tribute to whom tribute is due. You render to Caesar what is Caesar, what's God unto God. But God is our hope. No one else is, nothing else is. God is the only one that can bring you out of whatsoever you're dealing. We've got a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of things we're dealing with. But God is the only one that can bring you out. And when you respond, church, you got to respond in confidence, knowing that whatsoever you ask God, he's going to give it to you. And oh, by the way, when you and I as believers come together and we cry out together, asking God to do something, we know, amen, where two or three of us are gathered and we touch and agree as asking anything on earth, God will give it to us, amen, because, amen, we have confidence in God. Not in man. It's all in God, church. And that is a message of hope for those who have thought about giving up. It ain't worth taking your life for. It's definitely not worth walking away from God. It's not worth getting in a corner and just crying and, and dying and not knowing what's going to happen. But it's worth your effort to go back to the altar one more time. And when God says, get up. Walk, my child, do this, even though you can't see how. Just like with Nehemiah, God allowed the king to be there. God will put the right folk in your path for things to work out for you. But if you don't let God order yourself, if you don't walk in his will and his way, you would never meet those folk who God wants you to meet. And you got to do it in confidence, church. So I pray today. I pray today that someone has found hope in God. Go back and look at Nehemiah. Look at what he did. That's not the end of the story. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. And the same thing with you and I, where we are now, this is not the end of it. Even if you say, Brother Preach, I got it all together. Uh -uh. That's not the end. That is only the beginning. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard the great thing God has in store for those that love him. Father God, even now we bless your name and we do praise you, O God, for all of your goodness and your mercy. God, we thank you for your word today and we pray that you're well pleased. We ask God that you would allow your word to have fallen on fertile ground in the hearts of your people. This day, God, I'm asking that those who thought their situation was hopeless, that you, God, would just tap them, God, and let them see that you are their hope and you're their only way out and you're not ready for them yet, God, and save them, God. God, even now, Lord God, we pray those believers, oh, Lord God, who felt their voices were too small to pray, they didn't have enough faith in you, God, that you would strengthen and encourage them to cry out. And even those leaders, those believers who feel they're the only ones to pray allow them god to hear you that they can cry out and rally others to pray and not just them but lord god i'm reminded even elijah that great prophet he felt god he was the only one left and you showed him god you had a whole lot of folk a lot of believers god who had not bowed down to Baal, amen who had not lifted their voice up to him, God. And so God, even now, allows all to know, God, that there's many believers out here, God, 
And God, even now, we pray that you allow our confidence to be built up in you, God. And we pray now, God, for you to save somebody and deliver them now, God. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his name's sake we do pray. Amen. Notice the story of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah realized that there was a problem, Nehemiah went to the king and he and his brother they went back to the land to help their people. That's what Jesus did. Jesus realized that we had a problem. We were separated from God. Amen. Our, we were separated by way of our sin. And rather than him just saying, okay, Moses go down or Elijah go down, Jesus took the form of a man and he came down here and dwelt among us just so he could die for our sins. He did that to give us a message of hope. If we place our hope and our trust in him, Jesus says he'll save us and he'll present us to the Father. So today, if you're here and you're ready to receive Jesus Christ, you realize that you've sinned and you're ready to receive Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we extend the opportunity to you now. We're going to pray with you. Amen. If those of you who feel that you've been walking with the Lord and you've fallen by the wayside and you're ready to come back, we're going to pray with you also. Amen. And those who just need to just hear from God, just pray with us at this time. Father God, even now, those who have come to give their life to you, I ask God you receive them in the name of Jesus, God. I pray now that you will save them. God, those who had fallen down and they're ready to get up, God, lift them up now, Lord God. Allow a word of hope, a hand of help to go their way, God, that it can be encouraged, oh Lord God. And God, those who need to be working in thine kingdom here, God, I pray, Master, that you, God, would lead them to the place, God, lead them to the place that they can work and they can see their value in you, God. We tell you, thank you, Lord God, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, and God keep you. We thank God for you. Amen. A message of hope, church. Um, realize your situation is not hopeless, but all of your hope is in God, um, the God of all hope. Amen.